Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker, and welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. So what would you say if I could tell you there's an investment with no market risk, no fees, and you could have made over 8% a year for the last 10 years? Would you be interested? So coming up on today's show, we're going to break down the biggest myths about annuities. This is stuff that you really need to... Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is a fiduciary. He's an independent. He's an investment advisor representative with Silverleaf Financial. I've been helping folks for over 30 years, more than three decades, Kevin. That's a long time. Oh, gosh. When you put it that way, it does feel like a long yeah. time, right? I don't mean to make you feel old or anything, but, you know, hey. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, sometimes, sometimes, right? Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, we've been around we've, we've been around the block once or twice here this is not my first rodeo and well and that's really reassuring because uh, you know there are things going on that some people who are getting closer to retirement uh, have no concept of inflation have no concept of of recession right that's right that's right and and you know what i think a lot of people if they've just been investing for the last few years they don't have much of a concept of a bear market either and most likely because we haven't we haven't gone through one, and in fact, last year the the calendar year twenty twenty one was a phenomenal year, guys. If you remember, the stock market hit over fifty record highs just in twenty twenty one, and and that is not a normal market, right? No. And uh, but some people, if they were just coming in, then I guess it seems normal to them, um, you, you know. But the fact is, markets don't normally go that way. It's normal to have a seventeen or eighteen percent fluctuation between the highs and the lows in the stock market on an average year. So, so uh, to me, it's prudent to always be monitoring your portfolio and looking for opportunities and having a list, if you will. And if, you, if you're a do-it-yourself investor, have a list of things you'd like to buy when the price is right. And then when you do see the market sell off, step in and buy the position. All right. If you're, if you're working with an advisor, that's, that's exactly similar to what we do. So uh, the market can be volatile. And, and as Steve mentioned, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of inflation. You guys know that when you go to the grocery store or you go to the gas pump or wherever you pretty much everywhere you go now, right? Yeah. Um, you're seeing inflation. And, and I think it is something that we all need to pay attention to, right? Because it takes, it saps your buying power. 
And so what you used to be able to buy for $100, now maybe it's 110. And, uh, and then you have to extrapolate it out farther, right? We need, because if you're getting ready to retire, you know, which to me can be a very scary proposition because you've got money coming in every week or every month on your job, but when you stop, right, that money's not coming in. You've got to live off of what you saved and social security, or if you're lucky enough to have a pension, things like that. So we want to make sure we're factoring in inflation for the next 20 or 30 years. A lot of people are living over, they're living in retirement for over 30 years. Uh, but you know, the good news is there are, there are vehicles out there that you can utilize to help you tackle these issues. Sure. In other words, you know, to make sure you've got enough income, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I mentioned earlier when I started the show um, is, is I want to address the fact that annuity, the word annuity, uh, for some, for some reason has, has, you know, has, has become, has a, has a negative connotation to it, you know? And, and I think the truth is, at least based on the encounters I've had and the people that I've met and spoke to, most people don't really understand the different types of annuities. They, they kind of lump them all together as one. And, and the, the first thing to know is that all of them are not the same. All right. Just like stocks and bonds, there's a wide range of options, you know, for annuities. You wouldn't, I don't think most people would say, oh, you know, I guess, I, let me take that back. Some people would say to avoid the stock market because of the risk, but people that are in the market are not going to say all stocks are the same, right? They're certainly not. You've got different sectors, million different issues going on behind the scenes. You can't generalize it all onto all stocks are bad because some of them, you can make a lot of money. Look at Apple, what Apple has done in the last several weeks. It's done fantastically. It's performed fantastically well. And, and there's other issues, of course, you don't want to touch. Um, but to lump them all together as though they're the same, I think is a big, big mistake. Right. And it's the same, you know, and annuities are the same way. There's a lot of variations. And, uh, and, and there's I think good it's ones and not so good ones. There are. No question. No question. I would tell you, Steve, honestly, uh, I would probably avoid 80% of, of the product that is out in the market. Um, but that's probably true with a lot of different things, you know, because what I'm always doing, I'm always looking for high quality, right? Yeah. I want the highest quality and I want the lowest price and the lowest expense. And, and what I started with talking about what if I could show you something that has no market risk, has no fees, no charges, and you could have made 8% a year for the last 10 years. Guys, I'm talking about an index annuity. I'm talking about a really good one. All right. One, one of my favorites. They don't all, in other words, they don't all have the same terms. So they don't all, just like all banks don't offer the same interest rate, all annuities don't have the same terms. And, and so what's important is that you look into it and, and give it some thought. See if it's a good fit for you. And let me tell you how I look at these and how I like to position them. It's not as though this is an all or none game. What I like to do is segment your assets. In other words, let's say somebody's got a million dollars, you know, and let's let's say maybe two hundred thousand. We take a look at maybe two hundred thousand for an annuity that we can use to turn on income as you get older and as you go through your retirement, so that you know, you know, in two three years I can I can turn on the income of this contract, which starts paying you monthly income. And then two or three years later, you turn on another one, which gives you another more money every month and you ladder them. And I like to ladder the annuities because that's how I, I, how I anticipate being able to offset inflation. As time goes by, prices go higher. So you turn on another source of income. So now you've got more money coming in to help you pay for those things that are costing more now than they did two, three years ago. I like those right? multiple streams of income. I mean, that's such a, what a, what a, I don't know, it's just a confidence builder and, and certainly reassuring that, okay, I know it, in four years, I'm going to just turn this on. I, yeah. When, when do you feel good about that? I feel good about that. <laughs> just, I mean, I feel, 
I would I would feel fantastic about it. That to, personally, one of my biggest fears is whatever monthly income that I have coming in is not enough to do everything I want to do. And and I'm not just talking about you know food and you know groceries and shelter, you know food and shelter. Yeah, you, you you want to have some fun too, right? You want to spend time with right. your family and what you want to travel. You know, maybe you want to fish uh, or golf. And golfing has become more a lot more expensive too. Um, you, you know, so whatever it is, you want to be able to do that without having to worry about running out of money. And 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 I think it's important that when you you, you look at the different investment products out there, I like sometimes I like to think of it as like a, a like a garden shed, maybe. In other words, in your shed, at least some people in their shed, they have a lot of different tools, right? Mm -hmm. So depending on the job that you're going to do, you need to have the correct tool, the proper tool, right? The, the, the old saying, well, well, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Well, well you need more than just a hammer, right, in your toolbox. Otherwise, you're really not going to be a very good handyman. I mean, I guess you could, <laughs> there are some things you could do, but it's going to be tough to, to get every job done if all you have is one tool. Right. And so, and so my point is, to me, the stock market is one tool. An annuity is a different tool. And bonds are a different tool. And bank CDs are yet another one. And money markets are yet another one. And so what I like to do is use all of these for different purposes, right? We've talked before about setting up an emergency fund. So you know you've got at least six months of expenses put away in a money market account where, where there's no charges, no fees, no volatility. And you know it's earning a little bit of interest. At least now you can earn what, 0.5, 1.7 on a money market account. So it's way better than the zero we were getting a year ago. Um, not that it's phenomenal, but it's money that you know is going to be there that you can tap into if you're, you know, like for instance, the heat pump on my house went out uh, earlier this year and folks in Arizona know that a heat pump combines, you know, does both heat and AC. Yep. And and so it cost me eight grand, a little over eight grand. Oof. And and uh, and that was after I shopped around. <laughs> guys, and, and guys, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on, on a different show, but uh, please, 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 if you're having work done at your house, get multiple estimates. You're going to do yourself a big, big favor because what you're going to see is that you can save thousands of dollars on almost everything. I had estimates all over the place. I had quotes that were two, three thousand dollars more for a lower quality product. You know, I got a two-stage air conditioner, which I didn't even tell. I didn't. I didn't even know. I didn't know they had those. <laughs> and and so rather than just being on or off, it's got a low speed. It's a variable speed, and so it saves electricity, right? Um, and so now with the, uh, and, and get off a little tangent here, the, the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, I was going to ask was just, you about that. Just signed into law by Biden. Problem right? solved, right? Tax credits. There you go. So if you, which I I'm, I'm, haven't seen the literature and when it becomes effective, I've got my fingers crossed, Steve, that it's going to be effective starting in 2022. Because <laughs> like I said, I could get the tax credit and save, you know, get some money back on that eight grand that I spent for the heat pump. Heat pumps are included in uh, in the package as something you can get a tax credit for. All right, wow. just like just like uh, energy efficient windows for your house. Um, something else I'm looking at, or or actually the next thing I'm going to be doing is a, uh, a hybrid water heater. And uh, like right now, my water heater costs like I don't know five fifty six hundred bucks a year. A hybrid a hybrid can do it for a hundred for one hundred. Is that like the uh, always on thing? It's uh. I don't, I don't so think it it's one of those that's always on, but it, but what it does is it, it, one of the things that is interesting to me, like it, out here, a lot of us have their hot water heater in the garage. Yeah. And, and one of the things that it does is it sucks in the air from the room that it's in. It sucks in the hot, in this case, the hot air, and it blows out cold air. And, 
And so I kind of like that because to me, that feels like it could help reduce the AC cost in my house because my garage is adjoining you know, my house. Sure. So I'm thinking that maybe it'll help cool off the garage a little bit and maybe save me some money there too. But the point is that the government with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, there's tax credits in there. If you guys want to get a hybrid water heater for your house and lower your electric bill, if, now, this is if you're going to be in the house for many years, right? If you're planning to move next year, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, but if you're going to be there at least 10 years, you should take it, you should look into it. Uh, what I'm trying to do is is everything I can to lower my bills so that when I do start my retirement, my electric bill, everything is as low as it can possibly be. Because we all know your bills are only going to go higher over time, right? And And so that's part of my plan. By getting more energy efficient, I'll lower my electric costs. Uh, take advantage of the tax rebates that are out there now, thanks to the passage of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, and um, you know, and have a very comfortable retirement. Uh, going back to what I was talking about on on annuities, guys, the other the other fallacy or, or myth out there is that they have a low rate of return. All right, and and that can be true depending on which one you look at. But what you want to know is some of them, some some annuities just pay a guaranteed interest rate like a CD. Like for instance, if you're a CD investor. Give me a call because right now you can get four and a half percent guaranteed for five years. I can get almost four percent guaranteed for three years with no cost, no fees, just plain vanilla guarantee. All right. That's something you can do if you just want a fixed interest rate that's going to be higher uh, in most cases than any. It's probably not even it's probably considerably higher than what you get at your bank. OK, I'm in. You don't have to convince me. I mean, I, you know, one, because I know we've had these conversations in the past, and I've certainly learned a lot about annuities from you and, and really the, the differences. And there, there are many differences. But again, to, to work, with some, work with you, Kevin, uh, you know, fiduciary, independent, you know, you got a lot of experience. And like you said, this isn't your first rodeo and this isn't your first annuity. And you've seen them change over 30 years, I'm guessing, just complete oh, 180. Yeah. No, no question about it. And and see, no, that's a great point. They they've really they've really changed a lot in the last fifteen years or so. Um, and there and there is many, many, many of these. You know, there's a ton of these products on the market. Every week, I you know, every day actually, I get emails from different companies saying, "Hey, we just changed this. We just introduced this." So there's a lot of new features coming out all the time. And and in, in my opinion, when when you're looking at your portfolio, you want to have uh, you like I mentioned tools that complement each other. In other words, think of like a diversified portfolio. You're not diversified if all you have is, is tech stocks in your portfolio. You want to have different sectors and you want to have different types of securities. So when one zigs, the other zags, so to speak. And an annuity is going to perform differently than either your stocks or the bonds in your portfolio. And, and, and I can show you how. I'm happy to demonstrate it. Um, but the fact is, there's different types of annuities. The, the ones we call variable those are the ones that typically have the highest fees and they also have the possibility of losing your principal. All right. So it's important to understand what you're looking at. Those are the ones that have sub accounts. They're like mutual funds. Um, but those are the ones that typically, uh, you know, the, the, the writers that say to avoid these things, those are the ones with the highest expenses. They're usually what they're referring to, but there's something in the middle called an index annuity. And it's guaranteed that you cannot lose money based on the market dropping. So you have no market risk, but you make money when the indexes go higher. So like the S&P 500 index goes higher, you make money with it and you lock it in every year. That's one of the one of my favorite things about these guys is that you lock in your gains every year and once you lock it in, you can't lose it. Right? So so if you made 20% over a few years and now the market gets cut in half in your regular portfolio, probably just got decimated. 
but the money you have in that annuity hasn't lost a penny. And that's what I'm talking about. It will behave differently because it's not going to drop when we have a bad market, but you know, your stocks and your bonds probably will. Um, you know, so you want to have things going in different directions, right? Otherwise you don't really have true diversification. And so to me, I like to put some money in to the annuity, whether it's for income, if somebody doesn't have enough income or they want more income, we can use it for income, but they don't have to be. They're not all for income. They don't all offer it. All right. Most of them do in one form or another. But what's important, if you decide you want to take a look at these, we want to figure out your goal. In other words, the, the annuities that have the highest income guarantees probably are not the best ones if you're looking for safety with growth. In other words, if your goal is safety with growth, it might be company A, but if it's income, it might be company B. And, 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 and if you want to combine long-term care with it, it could be company C. So, so it's really important that we know exactly what it is we're trying to accomplish, and then we can help you find the best fit in order to get that done. Well, let's talk about long-term care for a second. Um, you know, you're a co-author of a book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. How does a life insurance or an annuity, uh, a life insurance policy or an annuity help with long-term care? The, well, first of all, they don't, all of them don't work this way. All right. Um, but there are some policies, we call them hybrid policies. And, and what they're doing, uh, in the, well, in the case of life insurance, for instance, what they're doing is they're technically, they're technically uh, how they consider it is they're, uh, you're actually, uh, you're accelerating a part of the death benefit, if you will. And so the way that it works um, is that these policies have a rider that's attached to them that if a person uh, needs, you know, long-term care assistance, some of them, okay, again, not all of them, but some of them will let you have the care in your home. Now, my personal preference is something that has home health care as part of the contract, because everybody that I've talked to always says to me, Kevin, I really want to stay in my home as long as I can. And, and, and I feel the same way, right? And there's all kinds of, of uh, you know, help agencies, caregivers uh, that you can hire to come into your house. Um, that's a heck of a lot cheaper than if you actually have to go, you know, live at the facility, right? Right. And so, and so depending on the condition that, you know, the situations, depending on what somebody's dealing with, you know, they may be able to take care of it at home. And if we have a policy that, that, uh, that provides for that, then what we can do is in the case of the life insurance, it would start, we would start to essentially use some of that, what they call the death benefit in order to pay for the long-term care. And so the way that it works, let's say somebody had a half a million dollar death benefit, you can use a piece of that. Maybe you could use a hundred thousand a year. You wouldn't use the entire amount. You might get three years or four years. And then there's going to be a residual death benefit that would pay out to your beneficiaries, uh, regardless of even if you used all the money that was available for long-term care. There's typically something, it might be five or 10% of the original face amount, uh, but that would be paid out as a, as a, uh, you know, upon your passing. And so I like the hybrid policies. They have them with annuities too. There are annuities that are, that will earn a fixed rate of interest. Okay. For as long as you're, you know, as long as you have the policy in place, but then if you need it for long-term care, you can take the money out. We can set it up. I can show you how to do it guys on a tax-free basis so that the money you used to pay for long-term care is pre-tax money. That alone could save you at least 20%, depending on your tax rate, maybe, maybe quite a bit more. Uh, and the way that it works is a is very similar situation. There's a set amount of money based on the dollars in the policy that you can use towards long-term care. And the better policies give you the flexibility that you can use it at home, or you could use it if, if you go to a facility. And so I like those because you only have to use it if you need it, right? right. If, you don't, if you don't need it, then the money is, it, it, you know, it's there for you in the future if it was the annuity. 
And if you don't need it in the case of the life insurance policy, then it's going to get paid out to the beneficiary that you named when you set up the policy. So you, it's not a situation like some people used to say, you know, uh, with an annuity that it's use it or lose it. Yeah. Uh, that, that is not, not true. Okay. That is only true in a very, very, very small uh, percentage of cases. Uh, I, I rarely recommend, I've done one my entire career. I've only done one case um, where after the woman passed away that the, uh, that the funds went to the company. Um, and that was in the case of what we call an immediate annuity. And this was back in the 90s, by the way, when interest rates were much higher, um, which is what determines how much income they pay you. So uh, when interest rates went to zero, the, the rates that they would pay you were really terrible. It was really just them paying back the money that you gave them. Uh, but now rates have come back up again. And so the terms for annuities, uh, just like for bank CDs, just like for your money market rates, the terms have gotten much better because of the government raising interest rates again. So you really should take a look at it. If it's not for you, so be it. They're not right for everybody. But there's a big piece of the population. They're a great, great fit for a piece of the portfolio. So what? how big of a piece? Or does that depend on the, on the situation? That, yeah, that, no, that's a great question. And that is the one that I spend the most time on. Um, that all depends on the individual. Um, and, and what I tell everybody is that, you know, just, just like, you know, what is it? Baskin Robbins. I don't even know if they're still around, but they, they used to have 31 flavors, 31 right? flavors. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, uh, because people have different tastes, right? They have different tastes, different opinions. Uh, and it's the same thing with investments. Some people that I'll sit down with will say, Kevin, you know what? Um, I, I'm, we're, we're married. Both me and my wife have social security coming in. We also have a pension. And so we're good with income. Um, and you know what? I'm comfortable with the risk of the stock market. So I'm good with everything in, in the stock market. And I've got other people that'll tell me, I don't want to put a dime in the stock market because I don't want to lose anything. And, and so, so I've, got every, I've got folks that are all up and down the entire spectrum. Some are 100% in the stock market. Some are 100% in, in annuities. And it all comes down to how much risk they want to take, what their time frame is, do they need income, things like that. So that's where it gets customized to the individual. All right, and that makes sense. And so let me ask you this: so if there's a there, let's say there's a um, a variable annuity, and you know you've said as much that it's not really something that you prefer to use. Who is using those, and who is who is pushing them on people? And is that a fair question? Yeah. I, I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble here, but yeah. I'm just curious. No, 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 no. That that is a fair, that is a fair question, and and the answer is to who's selling or recommending or pushing, depending on how you want to phrase it. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the big brokerage firms, um, the big the biggest ones that are name brands that everybody knows. You sure. see commercials all the time. Um, you know they have they have huge huge presence on Wall Street. They're typically the ones that recommend the variable policies. Um, and their philosophy is that their clients are in the stock market and variable policies. Uh, what you do is you invest in sub, they call them sub accounts, but they're, they're this very, basically the same thing as mutual funds, but they're inside of the annuity. Uh, and the thing a lot of people don't understand is that you've got expenses on the investment on that sub account inside the fund. You've got a base mortality fee that's on the contract itself. And then you've got rider fees. If you have like an income rider or a death benefit rider, these can easily total three to 4% a year. And, and so they're typically recommended by the big brokerage firms. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. There, there's nothing wrong with it. If you're comfortable with those fees, if you understand that you're paying them and you think it's worth it, you know, like, I, like I had a conversation with somebody earlier in the week um, 
with a woman that happens to have a million five okay. in variable annuities. In variable annuities. Wow. And I and I did the math. I, I researched the policies and I came to the conclusion she's spending over 50000 a year in fees. Um, now, I said, so it's over $1,000 a week, right? Yeah. And, and so if, if what you're getting from that makes sense to you, feel you, it feels good to you, you understand it, you're comfortable with it, and it fits your goals, then, then more power to you. you know, no, no, there's no, there, should, there shouldn't be any problem. Okay? My problem is that you still have risk of loss with a variable annuity. You, know, you can lose your principal, in other words. right? Now, in this case, in her case, she's doing it for income. And so sometimes people will make the, the argument that I'm doing it for income, so who, who cares if I lose capital? All right. I, that just kind of just doesn't sit that great with me though. Right. Okay? I just, I just don't like that. I don't care for it. And so my preference would be is, and what I tell somebody and what I told her is that if you think we're going to have a fantastic bull market for the next several years, then a variable annuity is, is you're going to make more with a variable annuity than you would with an index annuity because index annuities are subject to caps and the terms that can limit your upside uh, in exchange for not having any downside risk. All right. And so the variable policy, if we have a really, really good, strong bull market, and I mean double digit returns is what I'm referring to. If you think that's what we're going to have, then you probably do have the most upside potential in the variable policy. Um, personally, I don't, I don't foresee that. I think the valuation of the market is, is actually fair where it's at right now. I don't see a lot more upside in the near term. Um, and so I would, and, and I do see risk. There's a plenty of risk. The Fed is still raising interest rates. Um, you know, they're going to start uh, selling more of those bonds that they've been accumulating for the last several years. Um, some of you might know that they've bought trillions of dollars worth of bonds in order to artificially keep interest rates low. Uh, well, they are stepping up. Like right now, they're selling, I want to say, $50 billion a month. Uh, and they've already announced, I think a couple months ago, they announced that they're going to increase that to roughly $100 billion a month starting September 1st. Whoa. Um, so is that a good thing? Well, it depends on how you look at it. If if you look at it from the standpoint of that you think the Fed has just done too much, they've gone way beyond what they should do, and by expanding their balance sheet, they went too far, and you think they should reduce their balance sheet and get back to more what was normal prior, you know, to the crisis from 08 and 09 and COVID, um, then you're going to say it's a good thing because they're wind, they're winding it down and they're reducing the size of their balance sheet. All right. If you're on the other side and to say, well, uh, I don't want interest rates to go higher. Okay, then, then it's probably a bad thing because you know, as as large institutions sell bonds, that creates downward pressure on the price, right? Because they're selling huge amounts of it, uh, and and as a, and you know, bonds have an inverse relationship. The price to the yield is inverse. So if the price goes down, the interest rate goes up, and and so it all depends on uh, you know. What, what, I guess what your agenda is. That's right. That's, well, yeah, but that's I mean, what I good about. I, I, yeah, again, but that's got to be a, a fairly, you know, logical question. Right? Oh, it is totally. Yeah. It is. It is completely. But what, the the point I'm trying to make is that it's a, it's another unknown. Okay, and and I know people don't like it when I say you know when I say well this time really is different. Okay, but guys, it really is. It really is. We you you and I, and what I ask what I ask people I say well tell me the last when was the last time that the Fed's balance sheet you know, went to like $7 trillion. Yeah. Okay. The answer is never. And when was the last time that the Fed bought corporate bonds and loaded up on treasuries in order to keep interest rates low? And, and they did some of that, okay, back in the housing, you know, 08, 09, that mm -hmm. area. Um, 
you know, but the fact is the Fed has done a lot. They've taken a lot of extraordinary measures that they, they really haven't taken in the past. And so we just don't know how it's going to play out because we've never gone through it before. Sure. Um, but, but these are the reasons why most analysts uh, that you listen to on the business channels um, or the strategists, they're going to tell you, we expect more volatility ahead. And, and that's code word for, for we mean the market's going to go down. That's what that means. Okay. They're not talking about upward volatility. They're talking about the market's going to go down. And, and the reason why they think that is because of what we're talking about right now, what they're calling, we, we, you guys might remember, we called it QE, you know, quantitative, quantitative easing. Quantitative easing, yeah. Yeah, and that was thought to be, that's a really good thing, right? Because you got artificial support for the markets. All right, well, they're taking that away. And, and so they're, they're, pulling up, they are, they're pulling that punch bowl away, guys. <laughs> and, and so now we're calling it QT, which is quantitative tightening, which means they're selling the bonds. Okay, so I would be very careful if you have bonds. I would be very careful with those. Personally, I think it's a good time to sell them because interest rates have gone down in the last couple of months, which means the price has gone up. If you own bonds, if you have more in your portfolio than you think you should have, I believe right now is a good time to sell those and get out of them. Um, because I think once we get into September, I think interest rates are going to start going higher and I think bonds are going to start losing more money. Okay. Well, I, I, you sound like uh, you know what you're talking about. Well, I know you do. Um, you know, I, so... What's the what's the takeaway? I mean, we've got some we've got a little bit of time here, but you know what what are you, what are you recommending that people do? Just come on in and and just have you take a look at things. Well, that would definitely be that would definitely be one of one of my recommendations. Yes, would be you know let's start off with a phone call. Let's just start off with a ten minute fifteen minute phone call. Um, you know, see what you're trying to accomplish and and, and what you're looking for. Um, and I can give you a few ideas, and we can set up a meeting um, and sit down, and you can see if we're a good fit. Uh, the first thing is seeing where people are at and, and then figuring out you know, what they're trying to do and, and uh, how we can position things to help them get there. Uh, but one thing I like to answer your question, uh, let me give you, you, give you guys an idea. Now, this is a little bit more of an advanced topic here. Let me, let me warn you. Uh, but some of you might be familiar with it. It's a defensive strategy uh, that has to do with writing covered calls. And this is a little complicated, but when you, you can own a stock position and then you can sell a call option against it and it lowers your cost basis. And it gives you, it basically pays you a dividend. So there are several investments in the market right now that are set up as exchange traded funds. So they're like mutual funds, but they trade during the day uh, where they're doing this. This is what the managers are doing and they've been doing it very well. And so I have some investments like that that are paying eight, eight and 9% dividends from the money that they get from selling these call options, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's something that should be sustainable because it's an ongoing strategy but it provides you a nice dividend income if the market keeps on going sideways like it's been doing, you know, the last the last several, you know, this year went down, came back up. We appear to be stuck in a trading range between, I don't know, 3,800 and 4,200 or 4,300 on the S&P. That's what it looks like right now. So if we're stuck in this range where we're just kind of waffling side to side, you know, maybe it's a good idea to have dividend income coming in because that way you're making some money even though the market's not making any upward progress. So, so I'm a big fan of the covered call strategy to get that dividend income. And I'll, and the other stocks that I like have, have nice, solid dividends with them. I think that's a great thing to do when you're in a sideways market is increase uh, the positions that you have that are going to pay you some income while you're waiting. 
800-975-6717. That's the phone number you can call. You can also visit the website. I encourage you to do that, silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. You'll find lots of great information. You can reach out and, uh, you know, and, and reach Kevin right there on the website with an email. Um, and, and again, so that's silverleaffinancial.com. And if you stick around on the website, you can find his book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Kind of, uh, we, we touched on that a little bit here today, but uh, but yeah. again, it's a great read. It, it is. And you know what, guys, it, it's totally free. There's no cost. There's no obligations. I'm happy to send it to you. I can send you an elect, uh, you know, a PDF you know, mm -hmm. via email. Um, and, uh, or I've got, I've got hardcover, hardcover physical books too, if, if, if you'd like that. Um, but there's a lot of good information in there, uh, that I think can help you prepare. You should take a look at it because the, the odds are over 50%, um, you know, that, that we're all going to need some form of long-term care. Uh, and the other thing I would mention guys, if, if anyone, anybody's listening, if you have Alzheimer's or dementia that runs in your family, brothers, sisters, parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, things like that. If you have that in your family, you you truly, truly should look into this and try to find a way to uh, make sure you've got the resources needed because the majority of people that are in these facilities have to do it. A lot of it has to do with memory care and dementia. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times those are the people that are in there for the longest period of time. Uh, in other words, I've seen people in their 60s, some even younger, uh, and se early 70s that um, their spouse is just, has, just doesn't have the ability to take care of them anymore. And they have to put them into a facility because their, their memory is so bad. They don't, even rem they don't even remember their kids. They don't remember their spouse, even though they've been married 30, 35, 40 years. And so if, if but if the situation is like that, you could be looking at, a, at a, a, a situation that they're in a facility for over 20 years. And these places cost over $100,000 a year. Oh my gosh. Okay. So take a look at it. Check out the book. Um, I'm happy to send it to you free of charge, no obligation. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today 
800-975-6717. Do it today. 